was the thought that it wasn't the money that mattered, that it was Chris he had been after all along. Young girls were taken by force all the time to work in the pleasure houses of the large Southland cities. Chris wouldn't be the first to end up that way. Except that she wouldn't end up that way, he reminded himself. He would find her and bring her home long before she got anywhere near that life. That was a promise. He ran through the city, charting as direct a path as he could to the airfield, avoiding major avenues and crowds, trying not to exhaust himself before he reached his destination. If Chris had been taken to the airfield on foot, he might still be able to catch up to her. There was no mention of horses or carriages or other travel. He had to hope. Using alleyways and cut-throughs, he shaved a few more minutes off his time. And the airship would not necessarily be prepped and ready to lift off, It would take time to attach the radian drawers and power her up. He ran faster, close now, the buildings beginning to thin out and become smaller as the edge of the city neared. He was running full out, eating up the yards, setting a blistering pace. He would reach her, he told himself. He would find her. And suddenly it occurred to him that he had no weapons. After all, talk might not be enough to persuade the stranger to let his sister go just the fact that he had taken her in the first place, an act that amounted to the kidnapping of a fifteen-year-old girl, showed a certain disdain for authority or any interest in the moral high ground. By deliberately taking Chris, this man had revealed his character and likely his intentions. Paxson slowed, trying to think what to do. He should have brought that old sword. Weapons weren't something they kept in large numbers in his home, although there were hunting knives and a solitary long knife but the black-bladed sword was a real weapon, and he should have thought to bring it. Too late for that now, he began to run faster again, catching his first glimpse of the airfield through gaps in the buildings at the end of the street. He would try to find a weapon on the way. Anything would do. Then he was past the last of the buildings and out on the open field amid the airships. Lee was small compared with the big Southland cities, but even so there were dozens of vessels moored over acres of ground. He slackened his pace, casting about anxiously. He searched through the ranks of airships, advancing slowly as he did so, trying to find something that would show him the way. There were men and women everywhere servicing the airships. A few pilots stood by watching, or walked the decks of the vessels, or stood in the pilot boxes. He scanned the insignia emblazoned on the pennants that identified the ports of registration of the airships. He did not see Chris anywhere. And then he did. She was being led up a mobile boarding ramp to a sleek vessel of a sort he had never seen before. The ship had caught his eye because it was so different. And there was his sister. He charged forward, breaking into a run once more, darting through the forest of hulls and masts as he did so. He kept searching for a weapon as he ran, but none appeared. The workers on the field were not wearing weapons, and there were none lying about. Finally, in desperation, he snatched up an iron bar. It wasn't much, but it would have to do. When he was still fifty yards or so away, he slowed to a walk. He could tell the ship wasn't leaving quite yet. The crew was still rigging her. The diapson crystals hadn't been powered up. He had time. He wondered suddenly why Chris wasn't fighting. She seemed to be boarding willingly, offering no resistance. That didn't seem like her especially given the story behind her abduction. The confrontation at the two roosters did not suggest that she had suddenly changed her mind about accompanying the stranger to whatever fate he had in store for her. No. 
Something about what he was seeing wasn't right. Chris was no longer in sight. The stranger who had led her aboard reappeared at the railing of his vessel, caught sight of Paxon and moved to the boarding ramp. Paxon continued to approach, but more cautiously than before. He watched the stranger descend and walk out to meet him. You would be the brother, I expect. Paxon stopped six feet away. I want my sister back. She hasn't stopped threatening me with you since I brought her to my vessel, he smiled. She keeps telling me what you will do to me once you get here. I must admit to a certain curiosity, given all the terrible injuries she has assured me you intend to inflict. Is she always like this? Paxon was a little taken aback by this friendly chatter, but he was in no way deterred from his purpose. You've